my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Radio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub star Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Welcome back and thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of the iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is my favorite part of the week, very honestly, where I get to sit down, take a break and talk to a creator who is driving this just awesome industry of podcasting. Over 100 million Americans a month now listen to podcasts. It's just not very often that a new content type comes along and actually takes hold and hits 
mass reach like that, and podcasting has done it. The thing driving that growth above anything else is the creators that are jumping in to podcasting and starting to use this medium in super cool new ways to tell their stories, to do what they do, maybe in other mediums, maybe to do it here for the first time. But a great example of that is Roy Wood Jr. Roy, first of all, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a half hour today to have this conversation. I really do appreciate it. Anytime that I can, you know, sit and run my mouth, I'm going to say yes. If you need more than a half hour, go ahead. We'll get into it. Listen, for anyone watching or listening that doesn't know, Roy Wood Jr. is part of the Daily Show team. You have made an incredible name for yourself, not just on that show, but above and beyond stuff that you're doing here and there in comedy. And I think you're one of the leading innovators and voices in comedy, period, today. But in podcasting, one of the coolest things about this medium is that no one started out as a podcaster. We're all sort of inventing this as we go, and I love that about this meeting. When we sit down and talk about what kind of show do you want to launch, everybody's bringing all this experience to the table from other jobs that they had. So what do you say when someone approaches you and says, what's your job? What's your day job? What do you do? It's hard to put into words. I always say that I'm a comedian first because that's the one thing I can always revert back to. If everything else leaves me, I know that I can drive to a strange city and make strangers laugh, and I can do that until I'm 80. So we'll, we'll put that one. 1A, 1B, content creator, you know, TV producer, writer, whatever. But, you know, podcasting has always been something that I enjoy consuming. And that's the thing that I don't think there's anyone that starts a podcast who didn't already have a favorite podcast that they listen to. And so I came up listening to overnight, you know, AM radio, sports talk, and that is very communal. And I wanted my podcast to be like this place where strangers could kind of commiserate over one thing. The trick was figuring out what is the thing that nobody else is doing. And then where the Daily Show has kind of implanted this in my head where it's got to help somehow. It's got to be something that at least provides information, if nothing else. We can laugh, but it's important to still sneak in some information. And so that's kind of where, you know, the whole, you know, impetus for this came from. So there's actually a ton there, I think, in what you already said. Like in comedy, and in The Daily Show in particular, that notion of comedy being there to make you laugh and maybe laugh really loud, but also trying to help, and my words, not yours necessarily, but like affect change, actually make a difference. Is that a really hard balancing act? What I found at The Daily Show is that as a correspondent, I have it easy. Trevor Noah has it hard. Trevor has to focus on the thing that just happened. And no matter how horrific, he can decide how to scale back the humor, add humor. As a correspondent, I get the gift of being solution-oriented. Most pieces that a correspondent does, it's showing you something terrible, but then it's showing you the people that are trying to make it different and trying to change it, or showing you the new ways of the world and what to expect beyond. I get to exist in optimism. So by existing in optimism, it's way more opportunities for humor. And so when you have that North Star creatively, it's a lot easier to put together a show. Okay, I thought about doing Roy's job fair because unemployment peaked at over 30 million during the pandemic. That was ground zero of a thought for me. And I go, okay, well, a lot of people are changing careers. Well, who's leading that change? I wonder what industries are actually benefiting from COVID. I bet you they're how people need to know this. You know what else would be funny? If somebody told me stories about all the stuff they stole from their job. You know what? What about terrible jobs? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then I went to order a microphone and they were on three month back order. So I couldn't even start the podcast because any microphone that's decent for podcasting, gone, completely off the shelf. I'm on Craigslist looking for microphones like they're drugs. Hey man, I'll meet you in Lincoln Square. Do you have a blue snowball Yeti? Please, sir. I was more- I love the fact that I think the reason you're in partnership with Heart Media is because you couldn't get a microphone off Amazon. <laughs> this is pre-iHeart's involvement. This is just me in a room going, well, I've got a beta tester. I got. I don't want to take something half-baked to iHeart and Comedy Central. So I'm like doing it on a corded AirPods and it sounds terrible. I'm like, I can't put this out. This is not the final product. I, I, it does make me think though, like we did one of these speaker sessions with Bowen Yang, who is on SNL and he has a podcast like, yeah. about the restos. He's so funny, so great. And we got in a little bit of a conversation of how comedy generally, and I imagine it's especially relevant for shows like SNL, but also The Daily Show. Comedy has gotten both really easy in the last year because suddenly everything is so absurd that it's funny, but also really hard. How do you crack a joke about storming the Capitol at all? How do you do that? What do you guys do at The Daily Show? How do you manage that balance of like, suddenly everything's funny, but also nothing is? You have to find the jokes in the ridiculousness of it all. You have to find the jokes in what caused it. You know, I think that the easiest place to find a joke, if the pain is right here, if this is the issue, then the jokes are, how did we get here? Or the jokes are, where do we go from here so that that doesn't happen again? And if you exist on either side of that incident, then I think you're in a much safer place to make comedy that has the opportunity to inform and heal people. When we talk about the Chauvin trial, let's just start there. Over the last week with everything that's been going on in Minneapolis and other police body cam videos that have been popping up since that time. Okay. That's here. But in that same time, while all of that has been happening, 34 states have introduced anti-protest legislation that will take away your eligibility for student loans, running for office, being able to get a business license. Like, there's so many things that are, the criminalization of speaking your mind is happening. That's over here. This is Joke City over here. I can have a good time over here and I can use this as a starting point to get to that place. So for me, that's where I think comedy has had to shift a little bit in a way, you know, and the closer you exist to the center of the pain, I just think the harder it is. And also I feel like to a degree as a society, everybody's not necessarily always looking for a laugh. They're looking to know that they're not alone and feeling the way they feel. And you can achieve that through a number of different emotions. It doesn't always have to be a laugh. And that's why I think when Trevor Noah is at his most impactful is when he's at his most sincere. Yeah. And you know, those are the clips that run up and down the internet is when he's his most sincere. So I think that's an important part of any well-intentioned comedy program, podcast, whatever. Bowen's 100% right. Like You have to have some level of intention. As important as it is to make people laugh, I think it's as important to make people feel. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. 
Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Let me go back, way, way back and switch gears, just so folks have a sense of your deep background, as it were. Like, where do you come from? Where were you born, raised, and why comedy? Who sparked you to that early? Was it an older brother that cracked mm-hmm. good jokes and you wanted to be like him? Like, where's that origin story? I was born in New York, moved down south before kindergarten. So, you know, I was raised in Alabama. I was never in the same school system for more than two years until high school. So that bouncing around comedy becomes that's the easy defense mechanism to fit in so you know i try and make people laugh or whatever uh when comedy central first signed on there were two things that kind of triggered stand up when hbo used to do their free preview weekends once a year once a year everybody in america had hbo and that one weekend hbo would put all of the best stuff on and it would either be sinbad or george carlin you know chris rock you know later on that was the first time i really saw stand-up as a thing then comedy central signed on and comedy central in the early days it was just stand-up clips during the day there was no south park and workaholics library to dip into it was just 
stand-up comedy and SNL episodes all day. And I would watch Comedy Central till 1 p.m. I would watch The Cubs till 4, and then I would turn back to Comedy Central until primetime sitcoms came on. So that was kind of the, oh, I can do this. And my family, you know, hardcore educators, civil rights era, you know, they fight for what's right. They stand up for people. So I would imagine that's probably where a little bit of the decency spine, that's probably where that got installed. But in terms of being funny, that was just a sense of humor was something I developed over time as a, you know, a defense mechanism in social situations. And then as I got into college and I started taking public speaking classes, my degree is in broadcast journalism. So part of the journalism curriculum was to take theater classes for voice and diction and enunciation. And when I took those classes, I would get laughs. So that was the first taste of performance. And so that's when I started doing comedy. I started doing comedy. I was 19 and I was going over to Florida State pretending to be a Florida State Seminole so I could perform on student talent shows. Wow. And that's, I would put on a Seminole shirt. I would walk in and do y'all tomahawk chop? What do, what do we do here? Hey, I'm a Seminole. It's crazy. <laughs> what about that game? Bobby Bowden. Yeah, football, 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 football. All right, just insane. Is stand-up comedy, I know this is, the answer is probably a violent yes, it is. Is stand-up comedy and coming up in those ranks, is it as hard as it sounds? Is it a brutal grind or is it like, well, no, it's incredibly rewarding all the time too, or is it both? I don't know. Stand-up comedy is like eating crab legs, where it is a lot of work for just a little bitty sliver of me. But when you get that one little piece of meat, I think it was worth it. It was worth that 20 minutes of cracking and peeling that you did. I don't think that the job of comedy is hard. The business of comedy is impossible. Getting on stage and workshopping it over and over and over again until you figure out why people laugh, that's sociology, that's easy. The business of it and trying to find stage time, trying to find opportunities, trying to have money in between gigs. Comedy's the only job where you get promoted and you lose money initially. Because when you go from MC to middle act, you work less because clubs don't book you as frequently because you performed longer on their stage. So now you have to find more cities. So hooray, you got a promotion, but now you work 20 weeks a year instead of 35. Wow. That's a serious hit. So it's that part of it, having the emotional perseverance to get through those moments. That's what life is all about. And I don't think that that's different from any career when you feel like you've hit a wall and you have to decide whether or not you're going to pivot into something else or what can you do to change up, you know, what you've been doing up until this point. When The Daily Show happened, is that a moment in your life where you're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I can take a breath. Yes, but not till I was there a year. Right. I don't think I got comfortable at The Daily Show until about a year in. Only because it was such a great opportunity, I didn't want to screw it up. So, like, I literally, it takes Trevor to tell these stories, but I didn't leave the building before 10 p.m. We shoot the show at 6.30. You can leave at 7. And I would stay till 10. I would go to the post-show meetings. I I wanted to learn everybody's job. I want to know everything that you do. I want to know everything about this show so I can know where I can contribute and try to do things. You get the call that you got the daily show. It's a relief, you know. The wild thing about it is that even to audition for the show, I have to give it up to Wendy Williams. I was on tour over opening for Wendy Williams. She was doing like a, I don't want to call it comedy, but it's like a one woman show type situation. And I get the call to audition and we're in North Carolina. I'm like, hey, and you know, Wendy, you don't know which Wendy you're going to get. You don't know, you know, know, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to get fired. (laughs) Hey, can I go to New York tomorrow to audition for a television show that's a perfect male to both of my career disciplines? 
Trevor Noah. Tell him I said hello. Go, go ahead. <laughs> and like a week later, I got the call that I got the show and I was in New York eight days later. My entire apartment in Los Angeles was packed solid. It was and still is, you know, the greatest thing to happen to my career, not only from, oh, an opportunity to be on TV, but it completely changed how I analyze the world comedically. Yeah. If you watch my comedy pre-Daily Show, just my standard, you just pull a Conan set from 2014 and compare it to anything that I've done in stand-up since then, and either of my hour specials for Comedy Central, it's two totally different people in how they see the world. They're both funny, but the perspective in it, I think that's the biggest thing that changed. And that's the thing that I know that I can take away from me whenever I leave The Daily Show and I'm 80 and I'm driving to do a show in Iowa. What shifted? What, what did you change in how you do comedy? If you could try to sum it up in one or two things, what was before and what is after? If you watch The Daily Show, The Daily Show, most things strategically are positioned in a place of what is this issue or how do people feel about it? And that's what my comedy is. To me, the best jokes are either informing you about who I am as a person or how I see the world. If the joke doesn't do either of those two things, not a good joke. It needs to be reworked so it can answer one of those two questions for me. So let's get into what you're doing now. So we love podcasting. We've invested heavily in it. We've driven its growth. We're the biggest podcast network in the country, but we're really hungry to partner with the best of the best like you from any medium, whether they're a podcaster or not. You had this idea, and I love the fact that you've mentioned broadcast radio a couple times as you were growing up and coming up. We come from radio. iHeart is at its core, almost 900 radio stations across the country. And to a certain extent, I think, Podcasting owes radio a lot as far as honing that craft of just talking, telling good stories. So we got on your radar and you had this idea doing a podcast called Job Fair. One of my favorite segments of this thing is where you talk to people about their first job that they'd love to forget. What was your first one that you'd love to forget? <laughs> oh, so the worst job, there's two. One was, you know how cities have those big music festivals downtown and they block off streets or whatever. I was on a cleaning crew as a teenager one summer and we were the company that comes in at one o'clock in the morning and takes all the trash cans and loads them up on trucks, takes them to an offsite, dumps the trash cans, washes them out, then goes back downtown and redistributes the trash cans so that the next day of the festival, there's a bunch of empty trash cans for you. You're welcome. Slice my hand wide open on those white barrels. The other job that I hated forever and forever and forever for two weeks in Columbia, South Carolina, in those days, comedy clubs will book you in two-week blocks. So you would be in a city for two weeks straight. So I would just go get a day job while I was in town. I'm not doing anything. and I'm broke. I'm only making 200 for the week at the club. So go work. I had a job at a quick creek factory where they bag up the instant concrete and my job was to be at the end of a conveyor belt and just loading 10 pound bags onto a forklift pallet just tetrising them up until they get to the top forklift comes through takes it to the truck and i'm doing this for eight hours straight in 100 degree heat it's a covered aluminum like a, a shed at a park or something but it's heat and i'm doing this the dust from the quickcrete gets into the air and it gets into your hair and then it mixes with the sweat and now you have little concrete balls, little rock naps in your hair. 
So no one told me to wear a hat. I just saw everybody in the hat. I'm like, you're stupid. It's 100 degrees. You're going to burn up with that hat. You need to let your head breathe. But turns out, no, you cannot let your head breathe because you will lose all of your hair. I was pulling it out and I'm pulling out plugs of hair and I want to go buy a pair of barber clippers, but I can't afford them because they're like 40 bucks. That's damn near half my salary at the comedy club. I can't be spending $40 on barber clippers. So I'm just snatching. <laughs> That is the saddest, so terrible. Saddest story. It is so terrible. Ever heard in my life. But oh. you do what you got to do to mm -hmm. make sure that there's food on the table. And that's all we're trying to do with the job fair, man. Like people are the same, man. You wake up, you need food, you need affection, you need a way to provide. So that action of going out and providing, I think is a very unifying experience. And to have people come on and share those stories, that's the thing, you know, for my 10 years when I was doing morning radio, it was the thing I enjoyed the most, to be able to have a sense of community. So we invite people to call in. We wanted a few podcasts where it's just strangers. Sometimes it's celebrities, like we, Angela Yee's coming up. She's in the iHeart family. We had Langston Kerman from Comedy Central. Bomani Jones is on next week from ESPN. But then it's also just a random guy who goes, yeah, I used to clean tie at a car wash and they give you acid and sometimes the acid gets in your socks and eats through your shoes. Okay, but then the next person who calls goes, our company is workforce development for convicted felons to make sure that people that are working and returning home get opportunities to work. And then the next call is a postman who says, yeah, I used to deliver certified letters to crack houses. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know it's going to be helpful and informative. And it's also going to be people on the other side of it that are showing that your job ain't the only crazy job out there. Yeah. And so it's just a place to hear those stories, you know, whether you need employment guidance or not. And more importantly, also funny, but just making sure that people know that no matter what your struggle is, whatever your quick creep factory rock plug story is, it ain't going to be that forever. And we talk to people that have ideas to help you get away from that. Roy, thank you so much, man, for hanging out with us and talking about this. I hope everyone cancels their next meeting and just listens to this show. I swear you won't regret it. For brand partners listening, you should jump in with us. It's awesome. If you listen to one episode, listen to the one titled Freezer Sex. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's what I'm doing for the next half an hour. But Roy, I really do appreciate it, man. I know, you know, not not just what you do on The Daily Show, which keeps us all sane day in, day out in a tough year like this, but the podcast and your partnership with iHeart has meant the world to us, means a lot to trust us like that, to make your show with us and for you to make it great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.